Specifically, sacrifices are being mentioned here. Sacrifice, yagya, that is the uh, pivot of Vedic civilization. Yeah, it's the center. Everything is based on that. All activities culminated in yagya. So, uh, this is this performance of sacrifice in the mode of passion is quite different from that of that in the mode of goodness which is mentioned in the previous verse. And we find after the especially in the present day that people perform religious activities mostly in the mode of passion. They go to different religious institutions and participate in their activities with the hope of getting some material reward. Last night our Madan Gopal Prabhu's sister was here and her husband is he was uh, trained in the Kanchi Mat as the, the uh, Smarta Brahmana for chanting mantras and so many things. So that is considered the Kanchi Mat and all the yagyas they do that that is considered very orthodox Hinduism. That is very traditional as opposed to all this as distinguished from all these modern things like Kalki Avatar and Sai Baba and so many rather strange manifestations of a very strange religion. So she was describing how they're performing some several days, I can't remember, maybe eight days or something like that, ceremony to celebrate the Jayanti of Chandrasekharendran. So anyway, Jayanti, we we object to the use of that term because that should only be used for Krishna, actually. But anyway, they're performing performing so many yagyas and different things. Some different uh, things, some chandi homams and so many different things. And she was saying that all the the traditional Brahmins, they're coming out of their jobs in lawyers' offices and things like that and putting on their... Yeah, what is that called? A veti, and putting on this and then uh, chanting the mantras. Did you mention about coming out of the lawyers' offices where they're working? And not only lawyers' offices. I mean, some of them have their own businesses. They're more like vaishyas than shudras. So she was saying that they were all saying how this is very good. We'll get a lot of material benefits from this. This will help us in our material life. So although this is, I'm giving this example because this. The, the, the yagyas performed by traditional brahmanas in the Kanchi Mata, that is considered to be a very the very high manifestation of Hinduism, very high level. 
considered. It's considered like that. I mean, this is this is very you know high class, and that's considered on a level much higher than the people who stick things in their mouth and hooks in their back at Taipusam. You won't see the traditional ayahs out there within within the Taipusam. But nevertheless, they were saying that this will give us material benefit and which is completely, according to this description of Bhagavad Gita, in the mode of passion, which is not supposed, that is not supposed to be the platform of the brahmanas. Brahmanas are supposed to be in the mode of goodness, they're not attached to material results. They may perform sacrifices for others who are in the mode of passion, but they themselves, and just to help to purify those people, but they themselves are not supposed to be attached. Anyway, Madan Gopal Prabhu's sister was saying that my husband was saying that we should do this just not for any material benefit, but as our duty to God. So that is better, that is more like the mode of goodness mentioned in the previous verse. But still there is a higher platform, that of doing everything simply for the pleasure of Krishna. So anyway, whether it's the supposedly high-class yagyas of the country, Matam, or whether it's uh, Taipusam, which is getting pretty low on the scale of Hinduism. There's lower yet. <laughs> but it's all conducted for material benefit. And there's lower than Taipusim also. There are lower manifestations of Hinduism. When we see uh, tantrics and all this, people are worshipping Buddhas, as you say, ghosts, that's, that's even lower. But anyway, everyone is doing for some... Uh, personal material gain. And, and although the uh, Kanchi Matam Brahmanas, they may seem to be on a higher platform than the, you know, I, I don't know what the uh, rickshaw drivers or whatever would do, Thai person, but still, in essence, although the, the external manifestation of one may be seen to be the better, in essence, they both want the same thing. They want money, and they want material advancement. And practically speaking, any so-called spiritualist who professes that you will get material gain by coming to me, people are flocking to them. In the last few years, there's a new kind of Swamiji that has emerged. The Swamiji's who guide you how to live in the modern world and not to have so much tension and to get ahead in life like this how to cope with the modern world and live happily within it. So uh, people don't know. They are attracted by externals. Here in, in this chapter, I believe it's stated, or Krishna states, Sadvam Sanjayate Jnanam, that knowledge arises from the mode of goodness. Knowledge here doesn't mean going to university and getting an engineering degree or any other kind of degree. There are two kinds of knowledge, paravidya and aparavidya. Paravidya means transcendental knowledge, aparavidya means material knowledge. Paravidya means that begins with discriminating between matter and spirit. And aparavidya means knowledge of this material world. Now a transcendentalist who is situated in paravidya, he must also have, as long as he's living in this material world, he will generally have some knowledge of this material world also. But if one only has knowledge of this material world and is not 
enriched and enlightened with spiritual knowledge, then his vidya, apara vidya, it is simply a manifestation of avidya or ignorance. You can know so many things. You can become the expert and win that TV program, Korpati Kambanega or whatever it's called. Is that still going on? I don't think so, is it? They finished it. Or they ran out of crores. You don't have a lot of Kambanega, Korpati or something. So I don't think in that Kambanega, Korpati or whatever they call the program, did they ever ask any really important questions such as, what is the purpose of life? I don't think so. And now, neither is there anyone competent to give the answer, neither is the, the Amitabh uh, competent to feel such a question. Nor could the uh, persons who make up the questions, even con they, they couldn't even consider asking such a question. They might ask some question like, uh, who was the first batsman to score a hundred centuries or something like that. But uh, what is the purpose of life? That is a question that is so far beyond their manner of thinking that they couldn't even they couldn't even think about presenting such a question. So all the uh, all the activities of people who do not ask this question, what is the purpose of life? All their activities are simply activities in ignorance. When we say the mode of passion, we should understand. That it is the mode of it is a manifestation of ignorance. It is not a manifestation of knowledge. The mode of goodness is characterized by knowledge. But that knowledge, unless it's specifically focused on Krishna, is only beginning knowledge. And the mode of ignorance is just absolute bleak darkness. A child shouldn't have his feet towards the deity. You may say only a child, but they have to learn. <coughs> then, uh, in the mode of passion, there is also religious life. So it is up from the mode of ignorance, which is... Uh, in the mode of ignorance, there is also religious life, but it's, it's like black magic activities to harm others and so on. In the mode of ignorance, there are religious activities which are mixed with meat-eating, wine-drinking, and so on. So some, some of the uh, prominent religions in the world, they are uh, characterized by the mode of ignorance. But in the mode of passion, uh, people perform religious activities, but without knowledge of the actual purpose of life. And therefore they perform yagyas and so many things which uh, to perform a yagya is actually uh, a symptom of a civilized society. In Kali Yuga, the only, the only yagya recommended is Sankirtan yagya, because other yagyas cannot be performed properly. But traditionally in Vedic society, there would be the Homa yagyas, and so many different varieties of yagyas, Vajapaya, and so many. So that is a very uh, high level of human civilization. We hear in history of the different, the, the Babylonian civilization, the Roman Empire, and the Egyptians, the Assyrians, and the British Empire, and so many. Egyptians, Greeks, Romans, Assyrians, But the uh, Vedic civilization is the highest, because it is based on the Vedic literatures which give regulated directions on how to live in a manner that we may be elevated, spiritually elevated. However, 
despite one's elevation following all the different rules and regulations which are necessary to perform sacrifices, if one does so in the mode of passion, then practically his motive is not elevated above that of the animals. His motive is simply sense gratification. Within Vedic society, uh, giving respect to Brahmanas was very important because the Brahmanas are in the mode of goodness and by respecting them, people could be elevated to that platform also. But nowadays there are no real Brahmanas and everything's a mess. Because there are no real Brahmanas, there's no proper dissemination of Vedic knowledge. And in the absence of uh, proper dissemination of Vedic knowledge, so many abominations and aberrations have entered into what is now popularly known as Hinduism. Aberration means an unexpected deviation from the popular course. Just like you see, nowadays there are so many bogus incarnations of God. Just imagine to happen this. Now, in traditional Vedic society, even a short time ago, if people had presented themselves as swamis and gurus and presented all so many bogus things, presented themselves as incarnations of God, they would have been driven out of society immediately. But in the absence of um, actual brahmanas and actual kshatriyas, then these rogues can make their business freely. And because uh, actual Vedic knowledge is so much absent from human society, uh, people, they miss and they, they presume that what appears to be something, what appears to be something religious, they just accept, oh, this is actually religious. So someone comes along proposing that he's an incarnation of God or whatever, and they perform some yagyas and this and that, and people who are very, they're satisfied simply with the show of, oh, they're doing something like But there is no knowledge therein of what is the actual purpose of life. The people performing the so-called yagya are totally unqualified to do so, as they are not only as they are they are not only ignorant of the purpose of life, but they have accepted something absolutely wrong as the purpose of life, and they do not follow the principles of sadhacha, of of, of purified behavior. Therefore, there is so much confusion and so much bogus things going on in the name of religion. Practically speaking, we can say, not out of any fanaticism, but on the basis of what is stated by Lord Krishna and Bhagavad Gita, that everything going on in the name of religion in modern society is simply bogus. And not only what's going on in the name of religion, even the whole of material existence, the way people are leading their lives, is totally non-conducive to their actual self-interest. Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita to give us knowledge by which we could come out of ignorance. Our problem is ignorance. Therefore we should go to Guru to hear to become free of ignorance. The famous prayer, Jnana Timirandhasya Jnanam Janashalakam Chakshu Militam Yena Tasmashri Guru is praised for his basic function of removing dark, the darkness of ignorance by giving knowledge. That means spiritual knowledge. That means knowledge as given by Krishna Bhagavad Gita. Knowledge of the soul's relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is Krishna. But people think, uh, Guru, you just keep the picture and brings good luck. That's all. 
and they say, oh, any guru who becomes popular, then, then yes, he must be good. Whoever has the most followers must be good. But we see here how Krishna is teaching in detail what are the manifestations of the mode of goodness, passion and ignorance. So that we can recognize all these things and transcend them and come to the platform beyond the modes of nature, the platform of pure Krishna consciousness. So we should study this Bhagavad Gita as it is, very carefully. If we do so, we will be protected from so many manifestations of Adharma posing as Dharma. Here in this chapter of Gita it's described that those persons who take Adharma to be Dharma and Dharma to be Adharma, they are influenced by the mode of Tamagon, ignorance. So, please study this Bhagavad Gita as it is very carefully and try to understand the simple facts which are stated therein. That Krishna is presenting spiritual knowledge in detail, but the basic principles are very simple. That there is more to life simply than eating, sleeping, working and dying. There is more to life simply than getting married and having children and having relatives and going to marriages. Now it's the marriage season. In Tamil, marriage is called Kalyanam, which means that which is auspicious, Shubham. But we should understand that what is really auspicious is to get free from all material attachments such as those produced by marriage and become attached to Krishna. So marriage is actually, it's only auspicious if husband and wife come together for the sake of serving Krishna. Otherwise it is Akalyanam. <laughs> means inauspicious. And because uh, nowadays the, the marriage is simply, the Kalyanam is simply based on sense gratification, there is no religious basis. Therefore, after some time, there is Akalyanam, means divorce. Dekalyanam, they get Dekalyanam. Demarried. They have marriage, demarriage, and remarriage. And then again demarriage, and then again remarriage. And no kalyanam, no happiness, nothing. Simply cats and dogs. So we are not against marriage. At least when we're among married people, we pretend not to be. <laughs> we are for whatever will increase our attachment to Krishna. If Anyway, this is not the basic principles. The basic teachings of Bhagavad Gita are become attached to Krishna. Understand that we are not the body. The body is temporary. The soul is eternal. The soul is eternal part and parcel of Krishna. Therefore, the real auspiciousness of the living being is to surrender to Krishna. Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? Yeah. We are using this word, Yajna, uh, Maharaj. Mm. But usually the, we heard that the meaning is to say, for the satisfaction of Krishna. Mm. That is the word Yajna means. But I always said that such things with the self-interest and the, some self-gratification mm. motive, how this word Yajna is used. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> said in Tamil, so yeah, the question is that we use the word yagya, that's meant for the sacrifice of Vishnu, then 
How is it that people are doing it for their own sense gratification? Yeah, ultimately yagya is meant for the satisfaction of Vishnu, but people are misusing it. The Vedic civilization or the Varnashram civilization is a method to lead materialistic people to Krishna consciousness. If its function was not ultimately beneficial to the living being, it could be said to be almost cheating them. People want sense gratifications, so the prescription is there. Yes, come, perform the yagya. By doing this, you'll get more opportunity for sense gratification. But then the yagya is arranged in such a way that the, uh, the ultimately the, the, the offerings are meant for going to Vishnu. So it is a method to indirectly lead people who are interested in sense gratification towards Vishnu. So in that sense, you could say it's a kind of cheating, but it's because it's beneficial, it's not cheating. It's actually for the highest welfare of all living beings. Just like if the mother says, brings a nice ladu and shows the child and says, My dear child, just close your eyes and open your mouth very wide and I shall put this ladu inside. And then when the child closes his eyes and opens his mouth, she puts a big spoon of horrible medicine inside. So the child may think, My mother has cheated me. But actually it is for the benefit of the child. So, you see this Vedic culture, it has to... Sometimes people, they, they mundane scholars, they criticize Prabhupada's translations of Bhagavad Gita. Because if you study Bhagavad Gita only from a linguistic point of view, then you cannot understand it properly. Even if you study the whole Vedic culture, you're an expert in Sanskrit, you cannot understand the purpose of Shastra without being guided by an Acharya who lives in that tradition. And although you may think that you understand, you don't understand actually at all. Without understanding the, the essence and the details, why certain things are done, then you will misunderstand. Just like I was saying, there's these bogus incarnations of God, they also arrange yagyas, and to, to foolish people it all looks the same, but it won't actually yield a good result because it's, it's not done in the proper way, it's done in ignorance. It's just like you know, someone accompanies their brother to the doctor and the, the brother's sick and then the doctor gives an injection and the brother becomes better. So then he thinks, well, you know, that wasn't a very difficult thing to do, he just injected him then he became healthy. So he makes himself a doctor, self-appointed doctor. In English there's a word for this, it's called a quack. Only Maybe there isn't any word in Tamil. Only it's a bogus doctor. So uh, he starts healing the people in his village. He saw in the doctor's clinic there were different bottles with different liquids. So he also gets some bottles with different liquids, some pink liquid like kerosene and some uh, some white liquid like phenyl. Mm. If someone comes in, oh, I'm very sick, I'm coughing. Hmm, I think you need some white liquid. This phenyl, <laughs> that, should be, that should help you. <laughs> so we will find that the patients who go to such a doctor, they will very soon have no diseases because they will be dead. <laughs> you put it Free from all diseases. <laughs> so it may seem, you know, he's got the bottles and he's injecting looks, you know, just like a real doctor, but the actual result is a disaster. 
So in the same way, people, they think, they say, oh, someone's performing a yagya, or oh, this man's a sadhu, he must because he's got a long beard. That's the main lakshanam, that's the main characteristic of a sadhu. He should have a long beard and some flowing robes and speak all kinds of mystical terms which no one can understand at all about love and peace and all this kind of thing. And that's a sadhu. But there's no substance there. Persons who understand Bhagavad Gita as it is, as soon as they see any photo of such a, a, a such a smiling sadhu with a big beard and flowing robes, they don't even have to know what he speaks. They can just know this guy's bogus. Just immediately. We know that this person is simply making a show of being a sadhu to cheat people. So we have to understand everything uh, through Shastra, through the Acharya Parampara, through people who are honest, who don't want to cheat us. You study this Bhagavad Gita as it is. Just try to understand it. Then you'll see what is the difference between actual spiritual life and the cheating representation of it. We're, we're repeatedly saying this because unless we understand this distinction, we cannot actually make advancement in spiritual life. Even there are many people who are speaking about God or even directly about Krishna. But unless their motive is actually to deliver Krishna consciousness without any personal uh, desire, then they, then they must be misrepresentators and cheaters. Yeah, there's another question there. Huh? We went a little bit off the subject. Why these Jivatmas should be bound by karma? Why they should be bound by karma? Why should the Jivatma be bound by karma? Well, you ask yourself. Krishna says, Krishna says, Saradhaman Paritya Ja Mamekam Sharanam Raja Aham Twang Savapape Bhyo Mukshi Shamimashucha. Surrender to me, give up all dharmas and karmas. You give up all different dharmas and I will release you from all karmas. So because we don't surrender to Krishna, then we are bound up by karma. It's very easy to be freed from all karmic reactions, simply surrender to Krishna. So if we're not, if we're not free from karma, then it's our own damn stupid fault because we are rascals. That's all. So this Krishna conscious movement is meant for de-rascalization. You can you can translate that into Tamil, right? That's an easy word to translate into Tamil. <laughs> the process is to chant the holy names of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare And to associate with devotees who are undertaking the de-rascalization process. In other words, those who are pure devotees are at least aspiring to be pure devotees and following pure devotees. Even if we chant Hare Krishna, if we if we associate with mixed devotees, people who say that, well, you know, you chant Hare Krishna, you know, you should also enjoy material life a little bit, then it will be very difficult for us to advance properly. We're already thinking how we can enjoy material life. And if someone encourages us that in that, in the name of spiritual life, then what is the hope of us making actual advancement? 
So if someone tells us, well, you chant Hare Krishna and you do bhakti, but you also worship some demigods and this and that, then they can't, such persons cannot actually help us. It doesn't matter, you don't have to follow strictly. You just, you know, you do what feels natural to you. Because we are in the disease condition, it feels natural to us to act in a manner that is conducive to us taking the bodies of dogs and cats. So Krishna conscious, it may seem unnatural. No meat, no fish, no eggs, no coffee. So I'm saying, well, this is very strange. That's because we are in strange consciousness. Because we are in Maya, we think it's normal to be in Maya. Krishna conscious means to come out of the darkness of ignorance and into the real existence of service to pure unmotivated service to Krishna. So, Hare Krishna. One more question here. Uh, there is uh, one argument. Sometimes uh, Brahmanas, those who are still doing, uh, they they give that uh, people are not giving. That's why they have to charge. And in one sense, it's, it's true in Kali. People are not giving, therefore they have to charge for performing yagyas. Yeah, it's true. In the yagya performing business, it's like any other business. You have to charge. If you don't charge, then the brahmanas won't be able to pay for their coffee in the morning. So it's another kind of business. It's got nothing to do with the uh, pure Vedic culture. Neither the yagya is of any benefit to the people who is performed for they have the mental satisfaction of thinking, I performed a yagya. Brahmanas get some benefit, 200 rupees or whatever. Real benefit we will get from chanting Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Even in the best, even if people are pure, this karma kandiya yagya is not very helpful anyway. Even, even in the best of circumstances, 